It's time to find out the stories behind the stories. Welcome to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective. Get ready for some amazing guests, along with Nick's own expertise and insight behind some of today's top news in sports. The where, why, and how. Now, here's your host, Nick Ferguson. That's why right. Don't of, why, why, why don't we? How, how fitting is that song, especially after the week that we experience in the world of, of, of sports? I am, you know, uh, Nick Ferguson, and he is Mario Vitanza. You can find him at Mile High Mario. Mario, right. of course. I mean, there's so, so many things to talk about, and that's a great thing about the world of sports. Something is always happening. And later on in the program, we're going to be joined by CNN contributor Roland Martin, and we're going to talk about Houston Texans, Johnny Manziel, Blake Bortles, and we're going to talk about the NBA and professional sports. But, but before we have him on, uh, of course, Mario, we, we talked about this. Uh, last night, Game 7, Avs, Wild, at home. Man, we got we to gotta open the show with that, bro? You're killing me. Well, you know, I want to open up the show with it because, to me, we're going to sweep through the show and we're going to end on a great note. So, it's just like they always say, if you're going to eat fast food, you might as well make it the first meal of the day, you know, <laughs> and to me, because you're going to burn it off. So with this, you know, and I, I mentioned it to you before, you talk about the disappointment we all know with the Denver Broncos and the Seattle Seahawks, but then to follow that up at home, the loss, no nuggets in the playoffs, and then this with the abs. I mean, come on, Mario. I know real talk is later segment, but give me something, <laughs> brother. Give me something. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a little something. I mean, it's a it's a dark day in Colorado sports today, man. Because I mean, on a must much less scale, the Rockies lost in extra innings by the same score, five to four last night. So I don't know what it was. Just the sports gods were like, ah, oh, we're just going to doo-doo all over Denver, Colorado, <laughs> just for the time being. So it's like we're putting in our due. So I feel like next year, next year is going to be our year. But here's the thing with the Avalanche, Nick. Last season, everyone knows they had the first overall pick. Everyone thought they were going to go with Seth Jones, Popeye's kid. They end up going with McKinnon. And Joe Sackick, a legend in Colorado, says, you know what? He reminds me of me. And all the Avs fans were like, you know what? Sold. Let's do it. He and Landeskog, and keep in mind, McKinnon's 18, Landeskog is 21. These are kids, man. These guys, Landeskog couldn't even drink at the beginning of the season. McKinnon can't drink for another three years. So they win, they got to go have some, they got to go pop some soda. So a lot of that youth and inexperience kind of played into this series. They were a much better team than the Minnesota Wild. They had much more talent, but just watching the game, they weren't completing their passes. They were making errant passes. It was just sloppy play, but the way that they they won as many games as they did and they stayed in as many games as they did was because they are so talented. They have just so much raw talent amongst them all, but the Wild were a more professional, more fundamentally sound team, so it's going to be a very bright future Patrick Waugh was a great addition as the coach. Everybody in Colorado loves him and worships him. And he came out and said, look, we weren't going to win the Stanley Cup. We're not there yet. 
And I right. love when a coach is that, I mean, is that what you want to hear? Not necessarily, but I love when a coach is that honest. He's like, look, we were not good enough to win the Stanley Cup. That's how it goes. And, you know, we take that and accept that. So you go from basically the worst team in the NHL to winning their division, going seven games with a very good team. The Wild, they're a very good four seed here. It's better luck next year, man. I, I don't think as fans that are upset got spoiled this year. You have nothing to hang your hat on. It's a hockey town again like it was 10 years ago. And, I mean, Colorado sports are alive and well. I tell you what, I mean, the way you so eloquently explained that and not really going off the, the cliff, man, I have to uh, commend you. I'm, I'm giving you a nice little silent applause uh, <laughs> because I, I know how heartfelt you are about Denver, uh, the sports scene in Denver, and to watch, you know, an Av team and having Wad come back. And being as though he, he played there and there was some concern whether, you know, he could be the guy as a former player to take them where they need to go to now lose a game seven on your home ice in front of your fans. It's definitely, it's you know, it, it's tough. It, it, it is hard to take. But the one thing, of course, you, you always want to look towards the future. But but at the same time, if you're mentioning that same fact, well, we're moving towards the future. We're looking towards the future. That can only mean one thing. That, that can only mean that you didn't accomplish what you exactly. need to get, get accomplished. But at the same time, I think he did a heck of a job. I think they have some young talent, you know, on the Avalanche squad. And, and hey, I, I don't want to say it, but I have to say it. Maybe next year would be that year they take that step forward, you know, on, on, on the ice. Uh, once again, hey, one, you know, one more thing real yeah. quick before we move on, Nick, what was really eerie about all of this? And, you know, it's it's very tough to compare two different sports, especially if it's hockey and football. But when the Avalanche were up with about three minutes left in the game last night, mm-hmm. it felt eerily like the Broncos Ravens game a couple years ago. It was like, just just close it out like it's there. We can we can see the finish line. The victory is right in front of us. Just close it out. And you're counting down. It's like five more minutes, four more minutes, three more minutes. 2.30 left, and just as Minnesota was about to pull their goalie for an open net, they scored the equalizer, go on to win in overtime, and it was like the the way that it felt in the Pepsi Center was the exact same way it felt when the Broncos-Ravens went into overtime. It was just like you got this sinking feeling where it's like you're optimistic, you're cheering, you're loud, but really deep down, you're like, this is exactly what we don't want to happen and the avalanche had several scoring opportunities early in the overtime period and then the the minnesota wild goal the the game winner happened so quickly like the goalie varmalov just kind of stood there and there was about 60 seconds of just stunned silence like even and there were a decent amount of minnesota fans there Mm -hmm. even they were quiet like nobody really could comprehend what was happening and the players were just it was just stunning because it wasn't supposed to happen that way well you know what that, that that's the crazy thing you know about sports and you talk about that eerie feeling and it's one of those games uh, or where you want you're hoping you know your team is in the lead and you're hoping maybe we can if i had a button to fast forward the time to take all the time off the clock or could we end the game at this particular time that's what you want when your team's ahead but you have to have the ability to close games. Later on in the show, we're going to talk about uh, getting into some NBA, and, and that's what we've seen with the NBA, where teams get out to great leads and only to watch them diminish later in maybe the third or fourth qu- quarter or the closing minutes. But, you know, you have to play the entire length 
of the time, whether it's in basketball, baseball, or football. You can't leave anything to chance. And when you start to hope and wish something happens, now you're in the wrong frame of mind. You need to go into a game saying, we know that we're going to win. And with that being said, welcome in, you know, CNA contributor, journalist, author, syndicated columnist. And we're getting to this. He, he, a tech, he graduate of Texas A&M, and he loves everything Houston Texans. Join me in welcoming in Roland Martin to the program. Roland, thank you for joining us. Hey, what's going on, guys? Nothing much. Of course, let's get right to it. Uh, this week, dominating conversation around the country, the Don, this whole Donald Sterling thing. And it seemed as though Adam Silver was forced to make this decision and giving him a lifetime ban. We didn't know what was going to happen. But talk about, you know, how this ban is going to affect, you know, all major sports. Well, it certainly uh, will seem, it seems a notice to NBA owners that Adam Silver is not anybody to play with. But keep in mind, the other two major professional sports, they've already gone down this path. Major League Baseball snatched the franchise from Mars shot because of her constant racism. And the NFL forced Eddie DeBarlo uh, to uh, step back from ownership of the 49ers because of his so-called ties to monsters and other kind of criminal activity. Uh, Those two leagues have the antitrust exemption uh, the NBA does stop. Uh, right. but I think certainly, but and the key is here. Silver had no choice to go to this extent because he was facing a potential mutiny from his players. Right. And when you had multiple players from multiple teams say they were going to begin to boycott, you had a problem. Now, Roland, let me ask you this, man. Uh, we see this, and, and, and I'm not going to... Uh, downplay what Silver did at all. I thought it was a complete right decision, but why right. is something like this blown not out of proportion, but it's it's such this huge story and then a couple months ago when we found out that Ray Rice, you know, beat and dragged his fiance around and it was it, it hardly made the news, you know, and there's still a chance that he's going to play in the NFL unless the team or the league does something about it. Why is this such a bigger story? Now, I know this was kind of in the moment. It's during the season, during the playoffs. The Clippers are in it. But as far as the actions that were taken, I mean, they seem pretty similar as far as their severity goes. So why is this story getting so much more publicity than the Ray Rice situation? Well, first of all, they're, they're, not, they're not the same. Uh, they're, they're not even close to the same. Uh, the, the Ray Rice story did get lots of coverage. That was not like some isolated deal. Uh, I mean, but compared to this story. Rice, but the other thing with the Ray Rice story is you had a court proceeding. I mean, you, you had this. You had, you had, there's a reason there's a court proceeding. He's pleaded not guilty, uh, so you have that. When you, the difference here is, is an, is an actual owner, a billionaire, making these comments, and uh, you also have a long history. All those things tied to it. Uh, you have it all of a sudden. The girlfriend tapes it. Uh, then, then they are leaked. Uh, the comments are obviously racially charged because the expectation is you ought to do better. But here's the other deal. We all know that Roger Goodell has the power, no matter what the court does, to deal with Ray Wright. The reason this is all so different is because you've never had an owner in the history of the NBA who was banned for life. Uh, and so, look, media is media. 
also, let's be honest, the Ray Rice, from a media standpoint, the Ray Rice incident took place in New Jersey. This is a guy who is the owner of a basketball team in the second largest media market in the country. So all of those factors go into what, what turns this into a major story. Fair enough. If you just join us, we're, we're talking to Roland Martin. Uh, you've seen him, CNN, uh, award-winning or, or journalist and, and syndicated columnist. Uh, I have to ask you, you know, let's talk about the team in Washington. I mean, Senator Majority Leader Harry Reid uh, had some thoughts for Roger Goodell, watching what Adam Silver was able to do with this whole Donald Sterling thing and trying to get him to push, you know, Daniel Snyder to change the name from the Washington Redskins. And I know it's been a lot of debate, a lot of talk. How do you feel about that? And do you think that that pressure, the same pressure that was applied to the NBA, can now be applied to Roger Goodell and Daniel Snyder? But here's the difference. The difference is, what is, what, what is the public outcry? Right. See, 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 it boils down to this here. If you had 78% of Americans who call the Washington Redskins racist, uh-huh. Uh, and then you had all of, all of that. Then that's a whole different conversation. The problem is that's not the case. The problem is you don't even have, from a polling standpoint, folks are split even in D.C. And so it, it, it's, it's a whole sort of different deal in terms of how people uh, view it. Now, you can, you can make the argument that uh, Native Americans don't have as uh, forceful as, as well as... Uh, loud, as well as informed, as well as connected um, um, uh, spokesmen, spokeswomen, if you will, organizations that, that represent their interests, uh, that, that's a part of the deal because it's also how you play the media. Uh, but, and, and you also, the difference with the Clippers deal, you had actual Clippers who were talking about boycotting their own owner. Right. You don't have the Redskins players saying they're going to boycott Dan Snyder. And so there are multiple, there are multiple elements, uh, and, and, and so from an NFL standpoint, and this is the thing that, that people don't understand. The right. NFL is a $9 billion a year entity. What you have is a team that is the, sec- the second or the third most valued team. So what, from their vantage point, this is an, an iconic brand that if you decided to say we're going to change the name, do you all of a sudden affect the iconic and the expensive brand uh, of, that, of the value of that particular organization? Because from business, and again, these guys are businessmen. I think a lot of times we forget that. They are mm-hmm. looking at this from how much is going to cost me in the NFL to rebrand this team, and will people even know what it is, or will they somehow think this is an expansion team in Washington, D.C.? I guarantee you that's all of that's at play. There's one of the reasons why Roger Goodell uh, and Dan Snyder uh, have not changed the name. Well, well, tell me this. I mean, you talked about boycotting, and you're saying the players are going to have to boycott. There was a threat of boycotting by some of the Clippers and other NBA players that, once again, forced you know, Adam Silver to make this this move to for a lifetime ban on Donald Sterling. And and then, you know, you had sponsors dropping out. Is it going to take more people 
the players to possibly think about boycotting the Redskins, to possibly change and push Daniel Snyder and Roger Goodell to change this name? That, 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 like I said, all of that ties into public pressure. If there is not public pressure, it ain't going to happen. Right. But that's it right there. I mean, if, any, if you're listening out there and if you want to change something and you feel that something's not happening in your government, it's not happening with your, your major league team, you need to get out there and you need to do something, not just say, say something about it. Actions speak louder than words. I, I want to ask you a question about uh, your uh, Houston Texans. I know you're a big Houston fan and you Texas A&M guy. And there's been a lot of talk. We had Greg Cosell on uh, last week and we're talking about who he would choose with and take with that number one pick. If you play Rick Smith for a second, put your GM hat on for a second. First pick next week, Thursday. What do you do with that pick? Do you move down or you look to take Clowney? Do you look to take Manziel? What do you do, Roland on? What would you do? I take Manziel. And here's You're, why. Okay. Here's why. Uh, and and it's, it's, am I a Texas A&M graduate? Yes. Am I a Johnny Manziel fan? Yes. I believe that special people don't come along often. I also look at the fact that um, you're coming off a 2-14 and 14 season. Are the Houston Texans considered a team that is in the upper echelon of teams that are on the minds and tongues of the league, but also of people across the country? No. Right. If a Johnny Manziel, if you draft Johnny Manziel, Johnny Manziel, the Houston Texans Texans could go four and twelve next year, and Johnny Manziel is going to bring a, an amount of attention from a branding standpoint, a marketing standpoint that you've never had. And the kid can play ball, and so for all these people. Oh, no, this is not going to translate, whatever. I saw between this guy's first year and last mm-hmm. year, I could immediately see the patience, the reads, how he specifically worked on things in the offseason to purposely prepare himself for the NFL. And I get, I get the size of Clowney. People say you line him up next to on the opposite side of J.J. Watt. But I just believe there is something that is so different and unique. And, yes, it is a risk. But you know what? It's always a risk. Because guess what? You can talk all day about Clowney, but you show me uh, Andre Bruce. Mm -hmm. You show me Eric Curry. You show me Kajana Carter. I mean, I can show you a litany of guys, especially a litany of of defensive guys, who are supposed to be, I mean, these just, just dominating forces and they didn't pan out. So that's, that's the nature. I just think that there is just something that is so unique. And as a Texans fan, I would hate to see the Texans pass him up and he'd go to Jacksonville, he'd go to Cleveland, he'd go to some other team, and he just all of a sudden lights the NFL up. Because, and again, now, I, I looked at how people would say, call me crazy, talk about Mario Williams was the best choice. I you know <laughs> it's like people like with Vince Young or whatever. But you know what? I, I, st- I personally believe that one of the reasons Vince Young didn't work out, people talk about immaturity stuff along those lines, I think he went to a team where his head coach didn't even want him there. Exactly. True. I, I, I fundamentally believe 
that had Vince Young come to the Texans or gone to a different club where the coach wanted him, I believe that would have turned out differently because I, because there are certain unique talents. And that's just, just my thought. Now, people could say, yeah, but he could have worked out somewhere else or whatever. Uh, but, the bomb, but the bomb line is I think that experience in Tennessee was so toxic and it was clear that uh, Jeff Fisher never wanted him. And I have to remind people that Jeff Fisher also uh, screwed Steve McNair for several years by not wanting him to leave the pocket as opposed to saying, you know what, man, the hell with your rigid rules. You maximize the talent you got at quarterback. Absolutely. You, so forget your system. That's the deal with Manziel. Stop getting stuck on the system and say, that's a special cat right there. Preach. Well, Roland, I want to ask you another question before we let you go. Uh, we all know that David Stern was at the helm of the NBA uh, prior to Adam Silver taking over. And under his stead, I mean, he fined several players. He fined Cobra Bryant $100,000 for making an anti-gay uh, slur, and he said that derogatory comments would not be uh, used uh, allowed in the NBA. Now, we look also at the fact that the team, the NBA, owned the New Orleans Pelicans, New Orleans Hornets, whatever you want to call them, but he wouldn't trade Chris Paul to the Lakers, but he decided he would trade Chris Paul to the Clippers, who, in the same building, down the hall, but to me, th- th- does that rub you the wrong way, knowing you know there's a possibility that there might have been a relationship between Donald Sterling and David Stern to kind of push uh, him to uh, send Chris Paul uh, that way? David Stern has and must. David Stern must answer to his lack of action against Donald Sterling in the years that he was commissioner while Sterling was the owner of the Clippers. Period. Uh, period. He, he, he must answer to that because that was on that lawsuit, the Elgin Baylor suit, all those, those things were on his watch. Right. Well, I tell you, I, ho- hopefully uh, that comes to fruition and that actually happens because when this whole thing broke, that's the first thing I thought about. 2009, you know, ESPN wrote an article about Donald Sterling and some of his issues and the lawsuits being filed against him. And I'm like, at some point, you know, you know, David Stern knew about this. The other owners knew about this. So they just kind of let it fly under the radar. As long as no one really knew how he really felt, then there was no need to address it. But I think he needs to come out and he needs to say something. And I don't think even issuing an apology won't even change things in my mind. So that's how I feel about that. I agree. Well, Roland, thank you for joining the program, man. I love what you do. Uh, and real quick, man, where do you get that assortment of uh, ascots from? Because you, you, you're really fashionable when I see you on TV. Where do you get that assortment of ascots from? I actually have my own line of ties, bow ties and ascots. Uh, and uh, you can go to RolandMartinAscots.com. Uh, then, of course, uh, I can, I'm always rocking the pocket squares, and you can get those on RolandSmartin.com. So, you know, uh, well, I always got to look clean. I can't. I, I, can't, I, I don't do the little, the, the typical boring blue and gray suits. You know, uh, no colorful brother got to have some color. <laughs> well, I, hey, I and if you, you want some free advertisement, just uh, just throw some stuff, Mister Ferguson and I, and <laughs> we'll wear it all over town for you. All right, we we'll have you. We we'll have you guys rocking, uh, rocking some mascots, uh, looking clean. Cause, and so, uh, yeah, you got to got to be different. So then everybody else, uh, you know, wear the typical stuff. No, I can't be typical. 
Well, I tell you, Roland, I, I, love, I, love you, I love your flair as a journalist. Uh, I love how passionate you are about your Houston Texans, Johnny Manziel, and Texas A&M. And I love that you bring a certain type of fashion sense to the world of journalism. So I appreciate it. You can follow him at Roland Martin. And also, don't forget, go to RolandMartinAscots.com and pick up Pocket Squares Ascots. Just kind of get a little fashionable in 2014. Grown and sexy. Get that on. You're listening to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to nickfergshow at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Man, that, that was some great insight from Roland Martin. But, but you know, Mario, I, I have to agree, disagree with you and agree with Rolling because what? Don, what Donald Sterling said and what Ray Rice did, both of those things shouldn't be done. But here's the difference between the two. Now, I'm not saying, you know, uh, or in favor of Ray Rice and giving him a get out of jail free card. Domestic violence is something that none of us should ever, if we witness go into agreement with that at all, right? Because if we see something happening and someone, something is out of ethics or someone is out of ethics and we see it and we don't do anything about it, we're just as bad as they are because we we've gone into an agreement. Now, going back to Donald Sterling, what he said is deep-rooted in the history of this country and it's in a black eye. And in some feel, feel as though if we don't talk about uh, the racial issue, 
And we can't talk about it because it just kind of restimulative of some things that happened. I believe that dialogue needs to take place. And I believe what Donald Sterling said was wrong, even though we could say that, you know, the woman taped it illegally and he didn't know about it. You can say whatever you want. But the fact is, he said it. And because it is so deep rooted in our culture. Right. And it's a black eye. To me, that is two totally different things. That is right. two totally different. Both, both are wrong. But that with Donald Sterling, you talk about racism, derogatory comments, discrimination. To me, this is not a black and white issue. Now, some some individuals, the powers that be may be trying to create that imbalance to keep us bickering at one another. But it's not about black and white. It is about all of us. It can't be done to one. And we just ah, that's just that group or that's that individual. No, it has to stop. And that's why I have to disagree. Oh, that's fair enough. I mean, you're entitled to your opinion. And look, man, I understand that it's a stretch. And and I know that the to compare the two is a little bit much because, you know, they're not. They're they're completely different. And I agree with what you're saying. But I guess the issue that I have is that Ray Rice's punishment was not more severe. That was that's what it boils down to with me. Like I, I completely agree with Donald Sterling. I hope that he's not allowed to own that team. He can't step foot in an NBA arena ever again. And, you know, hopefully just falls off the face of this earth because nothing that he's ever done. And it seems like this has been an issue for a very long time, Nick. It's not like he's a newly found racist. Homeboy's always been racist. But the thing with Ray Rice is like if that kind of punishment can be doled out to a man who made racist comments who should not be owning an NBA basketball team, then the same kind of punishment can be doled out for a guy like Ray Rice who should not have the privilege of paying, playing in the NFL and getting paid to do it. So that's, I guess that's the big issue I'm taking away from. I'm not saying that one thing was more severe than the other. Honestly, I like what Donald Sterling did is deplorable and it makes no damn sense. And I really don't understand, like, does he only hate half of Blake Griffin? I don't even know how that would even work. But then you talk about Ray Rice and this whole situation. Mm -hmm. That is, I mean, in my mind, and I got two sisters and a mother and a ton of women in my family. And I guess I'm just putting myself in that situation where if something like that happens to someone in my family, man, I would lose my mind. And that's uh, that that's that's understandable. And, you know, I I, I am a man of uh, many sisters myself, you know, eight to be exact. And we, 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 yeah, so, so I understand if someone were to mistreat my sister, but more importantly, if someone were to mistreat another woman, just someone I don't even know, a passerby, for me to watch that and not do anything about it, once again, like I said, I have entered in agreement, into agreement with that. Now, talk about Ray, Ray Rice. And he, he pled not guilty to a third degree charge of aggravated assault. Uh, and, and I don't know how this is going to actually uh, unfold, but he pleaded not guilty. There is video uh, evidence of what took place, him dragging his fiance, then fiance, now wife, out of the elevator. One thing I do agree with you is that this has no place in our society and in the NFL. Uh, was the pen- punishment for Ray Rice, uh, how should Roger Goodell deal with that? Maybe it should be a little harsh. Maybe a fine, uh, a couple of games suspension, just to let him sit back home and marinate and think about his, his, what he did. You know, not why he did it, but, but what he did. So what I will definitely agree with you uh, on that. And if you want to go ahead and talk a little more about that, feel free. 
I, I mean, I, I feel like I've said all I needed to say, and it just, it really rubs me the wrong way. But, I mean, where are we drawing the line with so many awful things that are happening in the NFL as far as, like, how players are how players are acting, man. I mean, this this thing happened. We don't know. It's all alleged with Colin Kaepernick, mm-hmm. but that's the situation. Alden Smith is clearly out of his mind because homeboy's running around airports yelling that he has a bomb. And this is not, I mean, that's the first isolated incident that has happened like that. But he can't stay out of trouble. Every year, it's something different with him. So right. what is it about the NFL? I mean, you compare the arrest rate in the NFL to every other sport and it doesn't make any sense so let me ask you this as a former athlete a guy that played in the league for a long time you've seen the game from just about every angle you're in NFL Europe you played college ball all of that stuff Nick right why is it is it just because it's a violent physical sport that these kids are more like inept to getting in trouble is it their background is it how they're being brought up because I mean I, I guess you could make the case for that you know, these kids come in from not great neighborhoods and they're growing up in, in areas that are kind of uh, surrounded by, by gang violence and, mm-hmm. you know, crime and what have you. But it's the same kind of thing with basketball, isn't it? You can make a case for every single sport, but it's so much worse in football. So why is that? Well, I, I think when you, if you were to look at uh, a guy's background and say, well, uh, he came from an impoverished area, it was drugs, single parent home or he stayed he stayed with a big mama uh, also known as grandma uh, maybe he would have uh, those type of that blueprint ingrained on him and now once you put money in his hand now he doesn't know how to control himself I, I can't say it's just the environment because there are just as many people who've been in an environment who made something of themselves who chose not to make those same mistakes so it, it boils down to uh, choices and you as an individual, you have to make that choice. I'm not going to blame the environment. I'm going to blame you if you go out there and you make the wrong choice. Now, oh yeah, you, you're responsible for your own damn actions. You right. make your bed, you got to sleep in it. Right. And when you how, talk how, about some more you, players can't act like you, Nick. You never got in trouble. Did you well, even you know, have fun when you were in the league? <laughs> but you know what? I, I had my fun, but but I knew what was important. To me, you know, they always talk about the name on the front is more important than the name on the back. You know, the name on the back was important to me because that was a representation of myself. That was a representation of myself. That was a representation of my family. So to me, I had to do my part to make sure I walked that fine line and I walked the straight and narrow. And we've talked about it on this show, like to say, obviously, from certain perspectives, the name on the front is more important than the name on the back. But the way like the way that this industry is working, the way the NFL works, they're all about the name on the front. At what point does the name on the back carry any sort of weight? I mean, we talked about it when Champ Bailey was released, man, when the Broncos mm-hmm. didn't even give him a chance to take less money. This is a guy that has been a fan favorite, a staple in Denver. And you want to talk about a guy that never got in trouble, never did anything wrong, a perfect model citizen, a great guy. No one in the press ever had anything negative to say about him. But as soon as the name on the back stopped benefiting the name on the front, they got his ass out of there. So it's this terrible double standard that we have. I mean, we've hey. talked to death on this show. And you as a former player, man, you know, as soon as they were done with you, they were done with you. They don't need to give you an explanation. They just say goodbye. Better luck next time. Go somewhere else. But Mario, I mean, they would say that that was business as usual. And when you but look it's a double at standard. 
You it's take not, care of the name on I the know back. It is. That's your business. I, I know it's a double standard. You're an independent contractor, man. As an athlete, you play for the name on the back, and it just so happens that there's another name on the front. And that you're temporarily identifying yourself with. How many how many athletes get to go out the way that John Elway did? You play your entire Hall of Fame career with one team. You win two Super Bowls in a row and you go, that will never happen again, ever. Because of the nature of the beast, it has evolved to where it is completely the front office. It's all about the owners. It's all about the fans. We forget. I mean, these guys are just bags of meat to us. We want to be entertained. We don't care if you tear your ACL. We don't care if you get a concussion. Suck it up. Put something in your body. Inject it. Get back out there. Play for the name on the front. But now that I'm working in the industry where we're taking care of the name on the back and it's our job to make sure that they're healthy, I work for the name on the back as well, not the front. So if a player leaves, yeah, it's sad, man. But these guys that we develop a special relationship with in my office, we want to make sure they're healthy and successful. So forget the name on the front, even though I will always love the Broncos regardless, I will always be more of a player fan than a team fan. Well, I'll tell you this. It it now goes back to the players demanding some sort uh, of change to make sure that these guidelines are changed where now they not only suit the people on the second floor, that's the, the support staff and the head coaches and the GM, but it, it, it benefits the people on the first floor and that being the players. But I'll tell you this, to answer your first question real quick before we go to break, is it's always an 80-20 rule. You look at the number of players on the Major League Baseball team. You look at the number of players on the NBA team. And then you look at the number of players on the NFL team. Of course, the numbers are going to be greater for people to end up in the news because right. the numbers are greater. And there's an 80-20 rule. There's always going to be, you know, maybe 20 guys who decide in the offseason they're going to go out and, and do whatever. I mean, watching hard knocks with the Miami Dolphins before Chad Johnson went out on his off day, what was the first thing he said? I'm going to get arrested. Right? <laughs> he said before he walked out the door, looked into the camera and said, I'm going to get arrested. See, so that's why I say guys make conscious decisions on far as what they decide to do. That's right. That's something from Chad Ocho Cinco de Mayo. Uh, Ocho so Cinco. <laughs> Cinco de Mayo. Uh, right after the break, we'll get into some NBA action and talk about what number one seed is falling and what number eight seed. I mean, exciting playoffs in the NBA is now on the rise and can potentially find themselves in an NBA championship game. You're listening to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective. We'll be back. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. 
Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to nickferkshow at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. It's like that sometimes, I'm ridiculous. It's like that sometimes, I'm ridiculous. Man, I, I, I tell you, when you talk about ridiculous, of course, this Donald Sterling situation has everyone in uproar across the country, across the globe. But here's the crazy thing about it. Since the Adam Silver came out and said, well, he's going to force, he and the owners, they're going to force Donald Sterling to sell. So many people are coming out of the woodworks as far as raising their hand to say, I want to be in line to buy the Clippers. And I think it's, 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 it's great, but it's funny at the same time that the individuals that are being considered, of course, it's the obvious and everyone's hoping that Magic Johnson uh, buys the Clippers and some of them are saying, well, why? He's, he, he's a Laker. But hey, as I told Mario at the break, what better way to get back at the Buzz family, go in the same building that they live in, mm-hmm. down the hall, and buy that team and build them up and surpass the Kobe-less Lakers because it's going to happen. I'm going to give you a list of individuals, and you tell me what you think. Of course, Magic Johnson. Yes. Frankie Munez, right? Hell no. 50 Cent, P. Diddy, Oscar yes. De La Hoya. Floyd Mayweather Jr., and of course, the darling of them all, Oprah Winfrey. And, and I, now, 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 even there's been word, I don't know how true it is, but this name has been mentioned. Matt Damon, the born alternative. Hey, why not? <laughs> the born ultimatum. I mean, at least that would make the L.A. Clippers more physical, maybe possibly bringing back a little bit of that nostalgia from 80s basketball. Could you imagine? He's in there teaching them Krav McGraw or something. Hey, Griffin, <laughs> this is what I want you to do when you get down on a block. I want you to give him the elbow, then you give him the knee. That would be fantastic. So, and Judge Apatow also has, has been mentioned. We don't know, but you tell me, real talk, what do you think? Real talk, man, we were just talking about it on the break, and I'm going to share it with everybody right now. Bottom line, they cannot bring in another Caucasian owner. Like I was saying to you, Nick, whether whether they like black people more than white people, it does not matter. In the, in the light of everything that's happening, 
they're going to have to bring in an African-American owner. And if that sounds racist or offensive, I'm sorry, but that's just the world that we live in. That's how serious this situation is. They can't in good faith bring in a white owner and I will be shocked if they do. Oprah to me would make the most sense because then like during the TV timeouts and everything, instead of getting the uh, the t-shirt cannons, <laughs> she's going to put it under your seat. She's going to go out there and be like, you get a t-shirt, you get a t-shirt, you get a t-shirt. Everybody in the Staples Center gets t-shirts. <laughs> it's gotta it's be Oprah, man. I would love to see that. You know what? I, I, I would love to see uh, Oprah and if, if there is uh, so-called, there is a woman that can definitely do it to have her seat at the table of a male-dominated sport. It is, it is Oprah. So uh, we don't know. Uh, I'm going to stay tuned into this because I want to see who else is going to come out of the woodwork. Maybe we should toss our name in the hat just, just. To do it. I was just about to say that, Nick. Why don't you? Why don't you say be like, hey, look. I understand that, you know, all of this happened. Why not bring in Ebony and Ivory themselves? We yeah. will make sure that team lives in perfect harmony. harmony. Now, perfect I might harmony. They, they might not love me because, like I said, they're probably not going to want too many white people up in there. But, bro, if it's Ebony and Ivory, it's like, that's what we need. We need a balance. Perfect. No, Problem I, solved. I, we're, you and me, we're buying the Clippers. <laughs> Put it on the board. We just got to right. take out a loan. Now, now, moving on to some other news. Uh, uh, Heisman Trophy winner and national championship quarterback Jameis Winston find himself in the news yet again. He was accused of rape during the season and he wasn't suspended from the football team. But after his so-called crab legs fiasco, he was suspended from the football team. Does this hurt Jameis Winston in a draft as far as next year is concerned? I don't think so because winning seems to cure everything and it History has shown us people will look past certain things. So I ask you that question. Does this change anything in your perspective of James Winston? Absolutely not. Let me give you a hypothetical. If he was going to be part of this year's draft, Mm -hmm. he could have stolen crab legs, crab cakes, uh, tuna, ahi, mahi, mahi. I don't care, man. He could have taken any kind of seafood that he wanted, any kind of surf and turf, whatever. <laughs> he would still be the number one overall pick. The Texans would have, would get him on lockdown, bottom line. But see, I don't really have a problem with this, Nick, because, right. I mean, he's given so many crabs in the last couple of years. Why not take a few? I don't have a problem with it. Wow. I mean, talk about low, low. <laughs> you, you can't shoot any lower than that. I mean, really, Mario. Real talk. Real talk. Wow, man. That, that was shit, man. You, this, is, this is real talk segment. If you want fake talk, you can bring that <laughs> somewhere else. All right. NFL bringing back former players to announce picks. I know that uh, the draft has been pushed back an extra week, and I know everyone is fed up with, you know, their, their boards and predictions and, you know, someone saying, well, we're going to take Manziel, we're going to take Jadavian Clowney, and everyone's changing or dancing to a different tune. Do you like the fact of NFL teams going back and digging back in the locker rooms of old and pulling out, you know, uh, previous players and having them announce draft picks? Real talk. 
Real talk, man, I, I don't know. I, uh, I I feel like after the first day, it's really hard to keep uh, pedestrian football fans entertained. So if you tell them, oh, in the third round, the Broncos are going to have Terrell Davis or Ross Smith or Shannon Sharp announce their pick, it's like, it's just a gimmick, man. You know, they want to try and disguise the fact that they're actually, you know, helping these former players. I mean, right. You know that. It's like I just said in the last segment. Once they're done with you, man, they're done with you. Now, if you were around the team for a very long time, maybe every once in a while they'll throw you a bone. But uh, let me give you a perfect scenario real quick, and I'll wrap it up. Rick Upchurch, who is the only member of the Denver Broncos to ever be a member of two all-decades teams, Mr. Rick Upchurch. And he, if you're, if you're not familiar with him, before Devin Hester, he was the individual that had the punt and kick return touchdown record, and it stood for almost for like 40 years. Right. This man is not even in the Denver Broncos' ring of fame, and he wow. has done something that literally no other Denver Bronco has ever done or likely will ever do. So that's just how people do you, man. But it's like, oh, are they going to let Rick Upchurch announce a pick? Yeah. So what? Real talk, I don't care. Well, Mario, it seems like you have a new cause now. Maybe you can take the Twitter and have and raise that campaign, that, that campaign for uh, Upchart to be placed in the ring of fame. Okay, I, I have to get to this because it's a little comical. You know, after Mike D'Antoni, and you look at the Lakers were 27 and 55 last season, and he had one more year on his contract, 2015-16, and he went back to the Lakers organization and said, listen, you guys need to uh, uh, utilize the option on my contract and bring me back. They, they were like, whoa, wait a minute, buddy. Did you see <laughs> what we saw on the court? Uh-uh, no, forget it. So then Tony said, you know what? I'm packing my bags and I'm out. Shortly after that, the great Magic Johnson himself tweeted this. Happy days are here again as Dan Tony <laughs> is out the door. Not exactly in those words, but you get the gist of it. Real talk, what are your thoughts? Hey, this is the real talk segment. That was the realest talk that we could have heard from Magic Johnson, man. Do you think that he's going to say, oh, I'm sad to see Dan Tony go. You know, he sure tried his best. No, this is a business and he's a businessman. Mike D'Antoni didn't do his job. He's glad right. that he's gone. Let me put one name in the hat of okay. head coaches, of their next head coaches. Why not George Carl, man? As a guy that has been around him in the media, and I've met him several times before, he's an awesome guy. He's an awesome leader. That's the kind of coach that they need to bring in. He's just on ESPN waiting for a phone call. In his last NBA season, he was the coach of the year because he had sporadic talent. And, I mean, were there times that he played certain guys that he shouldn't have? Yeah, absolutely. But you put him with the Lakers organization. You give him a little bit of structure. You give him a Kobe Bryant, albeit towards the end of his career. And he's going to turn that team around. He'll certainly do better than Mike D'Antoni. But do I have an issue with Magic Johnson saying this? Absolutely not. Because he said what every Lakers fan and player was thinking. Thank God D'Antoni's gone. <laughs> <laughs> now, now jumping into some NBA action real quick. The Pacers are on the road in Hotlanta facing elimination. Can the Pacers go into Hotlanta, and they call that the highlight factory, and pull out a win and push it to Game 7? 
You know, man, this entire series has just been absolutely embarrassing for the Pacers. Where is Roy Hibbert gone? Where is Paul George gone? Where are all of these guys going? They were supposed to be the one team in the Eastern Conference that could give Miami a run for their money. Now they're struggling with an eight seed. Whether or not they win this game, whether or not they win this series, it's not going to matter because they're not going to make it out of the next round. They're sure as hell not going to beat the Heat for the West for the Eastern Conference Championship. So this is all moot. Are we going to see an eight seed beat a one seed? I don't see honestly the Pacers going down to Hot Land as you referred to it and beating this team <laughs> the way that they are playing right now. But. It's, it'd be like prolonging the inevitable if they end up winning in Atlanta and then going back to Indiana and winning. This is going to be the only series they win if they end up getting there. So are they going to win tonight? It doesn't really matter. I'm going to say no just because I hate the way they're playing right now. And they're not going to win a series against a decent team if Roy Hibbert is putting up zeros. Real talk. Well, I guess Roy Hibbert disappeared like he was uh, a prop in one of David Blaine's uh, acts. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, I don't know if you got a chance to see the game last night, but the Raptors and the Nets, fantastic game. After Great. 26 points, 26 points shellacking by the Raptors, somehow the Nets go on a 30-10 to 10 run to bring it back into a two-point game when a, a foil free throw and a pass to Darren Williams goes backcourt and Darren Williams tries to throw the ball up from half court and it doesn't go in, the Nets lose. I mean, really? I, I, I just can't <laughs> believe it. And, and when I look at the NBA playoffs for what, they, what they're worth, it is a game of runs. You've seen so many teams jump out to 14, 21, 26-point leads only to watch them dwindle in the second half. It seems as though if I want to watch an NBA game, I think I should tune in maybe in the fourth quarter with five minutes left. That's when the game gets exciting. But going back to the Raptors-Nets game, can you believe that? Can you believe that? You know, this, this whole series was just riddled with plot lines from the beginning. And then, I don't know if you saw this, Nick, the Brooklyn Nets Twitter account came out and said, if you dvr the game, actually they said DVD, I'm sure they meant DVR. <laughs> They're a little behind the times there in Brooklyn, okay? They're still figuring right. out their social media. But they said, DVR the game, and that's how your fans are supposed to act from Toronto. So they were A complimenting the Toronto fans and they've been fantastic. It's like everybody in Toronto, like their hockey team has been garbage and they usually were able to fall back on them. But now their basketball team is great because of Masai Ujiri, my man. And they come out and they call out their own fans and say, y'all need to be more like the Toronto fans. Personally, if the Denver Nuggets or Colorado Avalanche or whatever sports team came out and said that on my Twitter line, I would unfollow them. I would not go to the game. I'd be like, forget you. You don't need to tell me how to be a fan. I'm good, man. I'm easy like <laughs> Sunday morning. So I have an issue with that. But this this series, the Raptors are going to win it because of my man, Masai Ujiri. The Nuggets not giving him more money was the biggest mistake they could have made and the Nuggets won't be relevant for another several years because of that and look what he has done in one year he's done some controversial things and that's his that's his deal he does stuff where it's like how in the world is this going to work out for us and then it turns out being fantastic if he was put in a huge market like in LA like in Texas like in New York they would be winning championships every year So I'm taking the Raptors in this awesome series, and they are going to push the Heat eventually for the Eastern Conference title. But it's inevitable. The Heat will win the East. 
All right, real quick before we get out of here, five seconds. Trent Richardson learned, said he learned more about the offense, and that's the Colts' offense, last week than he did all year. Five seconds, give it to me. That's a huge issue with me. If you learn more in a week than you did an entire season, Trent Richardson is trying to cover his ass. He's done with. They got to find a new running back there. Bust. Real talk. Yeah, they say it's boom, a bust, feast, or famine. We will find out next week. When the NFL draft finally gets here and you can see, well, what the Houston Texans are going to do, Jadavion Clowney, Johnny Menzel, as Roland Martin say that he would take or would they move down for a collection of picks? We don't know. We'll find all that information out next week. I'd like to thank Roland Martin for joining the program. He and his pocket squares and ascots. Justin on the board, my three amigos here, the Church of Scientology Celebrity Center for allowing me to use their wonderful facilities And as usual, I am Nick Ferguson. You can find me at Nick Ferguson underscore 25. And you can find him at Mount High Mario. Until next week, Ebony and Ivory, Real Talk, and we are gone. God bless. Thanks again for stopping by. Be sure to catch Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. in the West on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll share some more great stories next week.